Oral questions by members? Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, as housing affordability and homelessness continues to get worse in British Columbia, the public deserves to know the full extent of the mismanagement of BC housing under this Premier's watch. Yesterday, we learned from the Housing Minister that despite the government receiving the forensic audit of BC housing a few weeks ago, it appears to have sat unread on the Minister's desk for those few weeks. The very existence of this forensic audit of a multi-billion dollar public body is something the Premier was very hesitant to try to even acknowledge what's happening to this chamber. He didn't tell the legislature, didn't tell the opposition, didn't tell the media, didn't tell anyone for months. It's in the public interest, Mr. Speaker, that the audit be immediately made public and be provided to the Public Accounts Committee. Unfortunately, this government has refused to make that happen. So, Mr. Speaker, will the Premier release the full unredacted forensic audit of BC Housing today and make it available to the Public Accounts Committee? Mr. Premier. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and thank you to the member for the question. This is indeed a serious issue. My commitment to this House was that we would release uh, as much of the report as the law allowed us to do. We're working on that and we'll do it as soon as possible. I'll keep that commitment. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson, supplemental. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Frankly, that's just not good enough. The government has been sitting on this report now for the last couple of weeks without taking action on it as well. The response of just trust us this simply is not good enough. The Premier's actions have shown that. He tried to bury the 2018 BDO financial review of ATIRA. He quietly released the results of the ENY review of BC Housing over the Canada Day long weekend. A week later, at 7 o'clock on a Friday in July, he fired the NDP appointed board and then says it wasn't really a firing. Days upon days of questions in this House. It was only after that that the Premier even acknowledged that there was a forensic audit that apparently had been started a couple months earlier. The government has blocked the attempts of the opposition to have this audit be brought forward to the Public Accounts Committee for pure and, and open, transparent vetting. The Premier has the ability, Mr. Speaker, to release the full report in the public interest, but his refusal to do so only raises more questions of what this government is trying to hide with the dysfunction at BC Housing. Again, will the Premier release the full unredacted forensic audit today and make it available to the Public Accounts Committee? Premier. Honourable Speaker, the reason why the member knows about these reports, why he has them, is because they've been released publicly. This uh, forensic audit uh, report, I've committed to this place. We will release as much of it as the law allows. We're working on that. We'll do it as quickly as possible. It's a serious matter, and I agree with the member. The public deserves to know. That's our commitment. Member for West Vancouver, Capilano. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Housing is one of the most critical issues that we've got today with vulnerable people still living on the street while this government has promised over and over that this was a priority. And BC Housing is at the centre of this. So the Premier has consistently kept crucial information about BC Housing and ATIRA from the public. So during his tenure as Housing Minister, BC Housing experienced financial and organizational turmoil. The lack of transparency surrounding the forensic audit 
The concealment of the 2018 BDO financial review of Atira, Atira and the quiet long weekend release of the Ernst & Young review have all contributed to the public's growing concerns. So will the Premier admit to this pattern of evasiveness and release a full and unredacted copy of the forensic audit? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. I, um... I uh, appreciate the comments from the member across the way. Uh, as the member knows, uh, we are in a housing crisis. We are dealing with uh, challenges uh, within community. Decades of underinvestment in housing, Honourable Speaker. The chickens have come home to roost. Communities are facing the pressure right now. Uh, the member talks about the audit. Um, the Premier has just answered the question. Uh, I've answered the question multiple times. I've read the report. I believe it's in the public interest for that report to be released as without um, as, uh, redactions as much as legally possible. And, uh, and we're going to make that uh, public in a, to everyone here, as well as those in the gallery and the media, uh, when, uh, when it's possible. But it's going to be as fast as possible, Honourable Speaker. And in the meantime, Honourable Speaker, the work that we have to do in communities continues. And, uh, and I'm glad the member talked about vulnerable populations. Uh, this uh, Sunday, I was able to announce with the City of Vancouver Mayor uh, our downtown Eastside plan. Uh, positive news to be able to share that we have 330 units, Honourable Speaker, coming online for people that are most vulnerable on the streets by June this year. Honourable Speaker, with the uh, uh, combination of working with our not-for-profits, working with the City of Vancouver, 90 people have been able to find housing. That is a really positive piece for those that are struggling in the downtown east side. And, uh, and we have a lot more to do, Honourable Speaker, and we're going to continue to do that work. Member for West Vancouver Capilano, supplemental. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, well, the chickens have had six years to roost uh, in this two-term government. Um, there have been consistent failures over and over by this government on living up to the promises that they've made. 114,000 homes to be built. There's 12,000. Uh, that commitment has now disappeared completely from this budget. Housing affordability and homelessness are pressing issues in British Columbia, and the public deserves full disclosure in terms of what is happening and has been happening at BC Housing and why BC Housing and this government have not been able to live up to the promises that they've made to British Columbians. Under the Premier's watch as Housing Minister, chaos and dysfunction have reigned at BC Housing. FOI documents confirm and quote a dramatic increase in staff departures over previous years and highlight significant upheaval, unquote. A total of 102 staff members, including 17 senior executives, left the organization during this Premier's tenure. So despite the severity of these issues, the Premier has not provided clear explanations or evidence that this dysfunction has been addressed. Will the Premier do the right thing and release the full and unredacted forensic audit? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And uh, the, the, the folks working at BC Housing have been working very hard through the pandemic, uh, supporting people uh, during well, some of the most challenging times that we've seen in the history of our province. We have over 1,000 employees at BC Housing. Uh, I don't know a private sector company that hasn't seen turnovers. 
Uh, I know that, uh, I know even the leader of the opposition has had turnover in his staff, Honorable Speaker. Uh, this happens, Honorable Speaker, in this time. There's opportunities for people uh, to find opportunities. We know that uh, there is a lot of movement in careers right now coming out of the pandemic. People are seeing opportunities perhaps they've never seen before, Honorable Speaker. And what's vitally important is that there's plenty of time for you to ask more questions, uh, uh, members. But uh, if you want the answer, you've got to be quiet for it. Um, Th thank you, Honorable Speaker. And as, as it comes to the audience, members, 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 Please, please continue. Uh, thank you, Honorable Speaker. And as it comes to the audit, the, the Premier's already mentioned it. I've already mentioned it. Uh, once it's possible, once uh, that um, the, the process uh, has taken its place, we will make that public. House Leader of the Third Party. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Last week, the IPCC uh, released their latest uh, synthesis report. In order to reduce global warming, we need to act urgently within this decade. The report makes it clear. Avoiding the worst-case scenarios is only possible if we stop the expansion of new oil, gas and coal development. Despite the science, the warnings by experts and the evidence around all of us of the climate collapse, this government just approved new fossil fuel projects, Cedar LNG, and they gave the Xylism's LNG proposal the green light to enter into the environmental review process. The more that governments like this one delay action, greenwashing fossil fuels, the more catastrophic the outcomes of climate change will be, especially, Mr. Speaker, for marginalized people. There's no such thing as clean fossil fuels. This government should be ashamed of themselves for trying to and attempting to greenwash LNG. The IPCC report tells us clearly climate plans that expand fossil fuel development are not good enough. Our survival is at stake. Through you, Mr. Speaker, to the Minister of Energy, Mines and Low Carbon Innovation, how does the Minister justify approving new LNG projects in the province when the science is clear that we must stop expanding fossil fuel infrastructure? Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker. Um, and to the member, we're proud of the plans we put in place across all sectors to reduce emissions and meet our legislated targets. And many people in British Columbia, credible commentators, many people across the country, and in fact, many people in other governments in North America laud the BC government for having the most comprehensive climate action program in North America. <laughs> Honourable Speaker, the member and I, I respect his concern about climate change and for many months now the member and his colleague have been saying what are you going to do about emissions from the oil and gas industry? How can you meet your targets if you're continuing to have fossil fuel projects. And what I said to the member is, we have a sectoral target, 33 to 38% reduction in emissions from 
the oil and gas sector by 2030. We're committed to that target, and we will have more to say about how we are going to meet that target. And, Honourable Speaker, on the 14th of this much month, we released the new Energy Action Framework that said very clearly we are going to bring in a regulated cap on emissions from the oil and gas sector in consultation with First Nations and industry to ensure that we meet our sectoral emission reduction targets, and that's exactly what we're going to do. House Leader, third party supplemental. We have a Minister of Energy, but when we ask questions about energy, the Minister of Energy won't stand up. Instead, it's the Minister of the Environment. The fact of the matter is, is that on that same day, just a couple of hours before, this government approved a new LNG uh, proposal, a new LNG project that does not meet. There's only two members in this place that aren't clapping for that. Everybody else in this place is clapping for new fossil fuel development in a climate emergency. Whatever. Members, let's hear the, the question. The Minister of the Environment, the Minister of the Environment talks about the comprehensive plans. The Minister of the Environment knows that we're not meeting the targets that we have set. The, the 2030, the 2050 targets, we're missing those. We can have all the more comprehensive plans that we want, but if we're not committed to meeting those targets, which this government has proven that they're not prepared to do, the plans don't mean anything, Mr. Speaker. The fact is, is that in that energy action framework, the emissions cap and the net zero requirements that, uh, that are laid out there have absolutely no substance to them. So you can say we're going to go through with negotiations, with consultations, we're going to develop those later down the road. They still don't have any substance to them, Mr. Speaker. We cannot afford a government that is prepared to continue greenwashing LNG, pretending like this fossil fuel is clean. There's no such thing as clean fossil fuels. Through you, Mr. Speaker, to the Premier, he knows that expanding the fossil fuel industry and tackling climate change are fundamentally at odds with each other. Why does his government believe that they are exempt from this reality? Minister of Energy and Mines. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and, and thank you to the House Leader of the Third Party and the member for Saanich and North Islands for raising the questions. First of all, the Minister of Environment, Climate Change Strategy and I work very closely together on these issues because we know that the issues of energy and environment and meeting our climate action targets are intrinsically linked. That's why it's important that we continue to do this work together. Mr. Speaker, we very carefully considered the environmental assessment on the project that was undertaken by the Environmental Assessment Office. This included extensive consultation with First Nations, consideration of climate action targets, working uh, with, to, with HISLA and the, the Cedar LNG project to understand and know how they are going to take every action possible to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. And in fact, Mr. Speaker, signing a memorandum of understanding with the project to reach near zero emissions by 2030. We know at the same day, of course, we announced the energy, action climate, uh, the energy Action Framework and that this is an important signal 
to the sector at large to say we need to meet these targets. We know British Columbians want to do this. In fact, Mr. Speaker, I just returned from a trip up to the northwest portion of BC. I was in Kinemat, I was in Terrace, I was in Smithers, I was hearing from people and talking to them about these projects. Mr. Speaker, the regulatory cap on emissions that my colleague here spoke of, that work is underway. It is work we are going to do with industry, with First Nations, in consultation with communities, hearing from them so that we can set the regulations in place. But Mr. Speaker, it's not all that we're doing. The other part of the Energy Action Framework, of course, is the incentivizing and moving towards a clean energy future that all British Columbians want us to be a part of. Setting The Thank world you. is looking at us here Thank in you. British Columbia on how we can do this work. We are going to do it with the BC Hydro Task Force. We are going to do this. We are moving towards a low carbon focused future, Mr. Speaker, one that is prosperous for all British Columbians and means so much for First Nations and communities. Thank you. Thank you. Member for Abbotsford West. Thanks, Mr. Speaker. Look, people have become very, very skeptical about uh, this Premier and this government's approach to housing and the, the plight of the homeless in British Columbia. And I, I would suggest they become skeptical for two reasons. One, uh, the results are getting worse and worse. In communities right across this province, including my own, the proliferation of tent cities and all of the health, safety uh, challenges associated with that are getting worse, not better. And secondly, there is a demonstrated tendency on the part of this Premier and his government to try and camouflage the release of information by doing so on long weekends and late on uh, Friday evenings. So the opposition, and more importantly, the public's interest in this forensic audit is real and it is pertinent. And happily, in this case, where there is a genuine will, there is a way. The Freedom of Information Act under Section 25 says very clearly that when it is in the public interest, when there is information about the health or safety of the public or a group of people or the disclosure, disclosure of which for any other reason is clearly in the public interest, that the government and the minister can proactively and immediately release that information. The simple, the simple question hopefully that will elicit a simple and straightforward answer is, will the government, will the Premier make use of these provisions in the Freedom of Information Act and release the forensic audit unedited, unredacted today? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And uh, as the Premier has said, and I've said multiple times, that we believe uh, that uh, this report needs to be made public in a timely way uh, with as little reductions as possible because we think it's in the public interest, uh, Honourable Speaker. And, uh, you know, I find it um, hard to listen to that member talk about transparency. I had a complete chapter missing from an ICBC report when he was the minister. Honourable Speaker. So, Honourable Speaker, uh, we will not be taking lectures from that side of the House about transparency on any matter. Member for Abbotsford West, supplemental. Shh. Members, please continue. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, we can stand here and exchange uh, uh, political shots and political barbs while these tent cities 
these tent cities are created in communities right across British Columbia, the minister can, can try and, and uh, avoid responsibility for the report that is an, on his desk that reveals some of the chaos that is taking place at BC Housing and presumably provides some answers to why the housing and the situation for the homeless in this province has gotten worse, not better. Mr. Speaker, the act is clear that the minister has the authority to release the report now. It ha he has the authority to provide notice to any third parties that might be impacted by the release of the report. Where there's a will, there is a way, but Mr. Speaker, I don't think there is that will. I think the trend and the practice of this government has been to be dragged kicking and screaming, to have information dragged out of it, not to proactively release the report. And we're not going to get any solutions if that is going to continue to be the approach on the part of this government, Mr. Speaker. The minister can show some leadership. The premier can show some leadership. Stand up and say this report and release this report unredacted today. Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And again, the member says, uh, do as I say, not as I did, Honourable Speaker. Um, so if, if the member wants to talk about the serious issue of encampments, I, I, I think that is an important issue. We should be talking about that. There are people struggling uh, coming out of the pandemic with global inflation. Members. It's a serious issue. So let's talk about it. Uh, Members. Minister will continue. Uh, I know, for example, uh, in Abbotsford, there are, there's an encampment and there's some serious challenges. I was on the phone uh, with the mayor of Abbotsford this morning. We talked about how we're going to address uh, the encampment at Lonzo Park. Uh, it's a serious concern. It's not safe for the people that are living in the encampment. It's not safe for the community. We both agree that it's been going for too long. Uh, we are uh, making some uh, significant progress on an action plan forward. Uh, we're going to be making some announcements on that in the very near future, Honourable Speaker. But community by community, we are looking at solutions uh, to address the challenges we're seeing, whether it's encampments, whether it's people that can't find housing, whether it's people who are uh, just struggling to make it through. The budget has significant supports to ensure that people have the supports they need. Uh, we know, uh, we've been seeing signals from the federal government that they also are going to be putting additional supports in uh, with their new budget. And we're going to continue that work, Honourable Speaker. Uh, I think all members in this House can agree that this is vitally important, that we provide supports for the most vulnerable people in our society. Member for Prince George Wilmot. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. We'll take that as a no, that the uh, Minister will not uh, do what he is empowered to be able to do with, re with regard to the, uh, the audit. But, you know, the Minister uh, stands up and talks about action. In fact, what's, what's happening is there isn't even action on a completed plan from this government. We should be clear, this Premier committed to taking over and ending tent cities months ago. Another day, another broken promise, because what we see on the ground, contrary to what the minister just said, is escalating violence and total chaos on our streets. Last year, when the Premier first announced more modular housing, he said, and I quote, this, these are the Premier's words, his promise. They'll open in March of 2023, just a matter of months, end quote. Well, on another Sunday update, the government confirmed that will not happen. No other way to describe it, broken promise. 
Kevin Barlow of the Hastings Crossing BIA is fed up with this delay, and he said, and I quote, I don't believe they have a plan, end quote. Announcements without results mean nothing. Chaos and violence on our streets. Can the Premier tell British Columbians why he failed to deliver on the promise he made directly to them months ago? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And um, there was uh, a lot of questions in that comment. Um, uh, but, uh, but I will, I want to say, first off, that when we look at the lack of investment in housing over the last two decades, especially for the most vulnerable people, you have to wonder why. Why was that investment never made? Why, when this side was on this side, did they not make that investment? And you know what, Honourable Speaker? This, the answer is actually... Uh, the answer, Honourable Speaker, is actually available when you look at the words of the BC Party Liberal, BC Liberal Party uh, President. The BC Liberal Party President said, we should focus on the 60% and essentially not bother with some demographics that will not likely or absolutely never will support us. Example, homeless people or dependent on social, uh, social supports. Honourable Speaker, that's the type of mentality that was in power for 16 years in this, in this province, Honourable Speaker. speak on our side we do have a plan we've announced that plan we worked with the city of vancouver we worked with our uh, indigenous partners on minister will continue thank you honorable speaker um, i've shared with the members we had uh, over 200 people in the hastings uh, encampment in the last few months we've been able to house 90 of them there are 70 people now that need housing and the message to them is there is shelter space available for you take the shelter space it we believe given the fires given the increase in violence given a report recently released by a not-for-profit uh, that uh, that uh, had uh, interviewed 50 women that all 50 had been sexually assaulted we're saying that the shelters are a safer place to be and we're encouraging people to do that we're working with our teams on the ground to encourage people to take that space honorable speaker and we're going to continue to do that work because we know it's vitally important Member for Prince George Wilmot, supplemental. Well, it is absolutely outrageous that this minister stands up and provides an answer like that. Cheap shots when, in fact, in Vancouver since last July. Members. Since last July, there have been 360 fires. There are dangerous tent fires, and in fact, people dying in their tents in Vancouver. And that's the answer this minister gives? There is only one person who has been in charge of the housing file the entire time that this, this government has been in power, and that is the person sitting in the Premier's chair. Let's be clear, he has utterly failed. He made promises to British Columbians. He said that there would be housing in place by March. He has failed devastatingly. And that's the answer we get from the Minister of Housing. Let's be clear, dangerous tent fires, exploding propane tanks are putting residents and first responders at risk. And that's the best this minister can do. Why has the Premier failed miserably to keep his promise to British Columbians? And when is he actually going to do something that he said he was going to do? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. 90 people, 
90 people have been housed from the 200 people that were on the downtown east side. Uh, speaker. And so that, that is action. That's helping people to get stability. What we're saying is that there's 70 people there still that are looking for housing, and we have shelter spaces available for them, Honorable Speaker. We're saying that we have 330 additional units on top of that that will be open. Every month, we'll be opening around 110, up to getting 330 by the And Honorable Speaker, we're not stopping there. We're also investing in supportive housing for those that are already in the shelters, that are already in supportive housing, to get into market-based affordable rentals with rental supports and other measures, Honorable Speaker. We are building a continuum of support around uh, how people can transition from uh, being in a shelter to being into market rent, Honorable Speaker. That is the work we're doing. So the member talks about outcomes. When the mayor was sitting beside me, the mayor of Vancouver standing beside me, he said, we are getting the results, we're helping people. And now the member says it's not safe. I agree. Everybody on this side agrees. I continue to say it. The Premier keeps it, continues to say it. The encampments are not safe. They're not safe for the people that are there. They're not safe for the community. And that's why we're trying to get the last 70 people that need housing into shelters because we don't believe the encampments are the place they should be in. Member for City South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Where I come from, 40% is a failing grade. That's less than half the people who needed to be housed on the downtown east side. You know, when the Premier signed an MOU with Victoria to end homeless camps over two years ago, he called it a template for the province. And he said, quote, we've gotten to the beginning of the end of this crisis, end quote. But you know what? It hasn't gotten better. In fact, it's become worse all across the province. Over a year ago, the opposition wrote to the Premier, urging him to act on the Lonzo encampment. But despite his personal and written assurances, the encampment has turned into the city's most violent, and there's no reason to believe that 2023 will bring anything different. Every day across BC, vulnerable people are left unhoused, and people in communities feel unsafe as they're forced to confront rampant crime and street disorder. At the growing tent city at Lonzo Road in Abbotsford, there were 1,600 calls for police, over 100 violent crimes, and over 300 fire calls in 2022 alone. And this encampment is on provincial property. So why has the Premier completely failed to act and failed to provide the housing that people need? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and um, uh, I think that uh, the, the member uh, will know, because I answered the question from the member from Abbotsford on Lonzo, uh, it, there is uh, some challenges there. It's not a new challenge. There's been an encampment there for a long time. Uh, what we're doing right now, as I spoke to the mayor of Abbotsford this morning, is uh, working on plans to ensure that we're not just moving people along, but that we have housing for them to go to. It's not just moving people along to another challenge. We need to be able to address the challenge at hand, make sure there's housing, stability, and support for people to get back on their feet, Honourable Speaker. We're doing that work there. We're doing that work in Victoria. We're doing the work in every single community. I know all members in this House want to ensure that people have housing and not living in encampments. That is a goal I share. That's a goal the Premier shares. That work will continue. The balance question period.